Lord, thank you for grace. Thank you for a place to discuss it and to bounce it around and try to process it. And Lord, I pray very sincerely that some of us would learn what it is. A lot of us have heard about it. We say we understand it, but we haven't really learned what grace is. So I pray that this lesson would help with that. Some of us need to know why you choose to save us by grace when you really didn't have to. Um, and so I pray that for some of us, we will extend and dig even deeper into why. I pray for understanding. I pray for freedom. I pray for hope in that process as well. I pray you help me teach clearly and just guide us towards truth today. In your name, amen. All right, we've got 40 minutes to follow up from yesterday. And we could take 10 of those minutes, 5 of those minutes, all of those minutes. Not a big deal. And then whatever's left after the survey on block day, we'll do finish up great divorce. Okay? Um, but you guys had some great questions and some great comments at the end of the day when we talked about grace, right? I don't know if you checked, but anybody check to see if you actually have 100? Yeah? You got 100 on a test you have not taken yet. What will take that 100 away? Anything? No, you bomb the quiz, you don't even take it, you'll still have a what? <laughs> you still have a hundred. Am I going to follow you around with my computer and be like, oh, you did something bad, you know, you got drunk, or you swore, or you, what are, you know, you ditched class, or you didn't study, or you said you hated Mr. D, and I'll take the hundred out? Am I going to do that? No, nothing takes it away, right? So the parable here is to isolate the concept of grace so that we can focus on what it actually is and make sure that we understand biblical grace. Fair enough? <clears throat> you guys asked some great questions yesterday. I think there were a few extra follow-up questions to ask. Uh, but anybody have anything? They're sleeping on it last night, had a conversation with somebody, or want to ask some other questions on grace? Hi. Hey. Can I borrow Elias? He wasn't here yesterday either. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so any questions? We got plenty of time. Yeah, what do you got? I just, this is something that probably for the end of the question, but how do you read the, the, this book as, like, the third door where it's part of your mind? Oh, The Great Divorce? Yeah, let's save that a little bit. We're going to just finish up the grace lesson. But the, I'll give you the quick answer there. The quick answer is, are there parts of you and your psyche that are still shadowy? Like for me, I still have a little bit of pride over here like the big ghost. And then there's some parts of me that's pretty solid. Like I'm both of those ghosts. I'm Len, I'm Len who's found freedom, but I still struggle with the shadow of my pride. That sounds almost like idealism because they're both me. Yeah. Fair enough. I think that's I think and that's one way to read it. That's why you see why I like focusing on the the middle door. Yeah. And we'll get there. We'll get there. Yes, Grace. I have a question kind of about like um, the idea of the worldview. Yes, like, which is Okay, I like I see how it plays out in like something like Hey, you're here. People are looking for you. Yeah, to, to something with a video. Kaylin Brown, did you see her in the hall? I did not. 
Oh, okay. She's looking for it. I don't know. You don't have to. <laughs> How are you? Good. Welcome back. Here. We're discussing this. Maybe you've heard about it before. Okay. But it's about the Book of Acts test. So if you read that, it should make sense. We could just chat after class. All right. All right. Hey, let's have large group discussion. We're understanding idealism. Yes. Yeah. There's two things that we tried to talk about, but let me give you a few thoughts and then we can kind of open it up. But one is, if you do the bad thing in that worldview, you have to find a way to clean it off. Well, they believe that you can. Okay. What am I trying to teach? Yeah, once you've done it, it's what? You can't go back in time, can you? So you need something to pay for it. Fair enough? And we want to pay for it how much? Perfectly. Is that fair? Yeah. So I think there's that side of it. The other side of it, though, is <clears throat> I think a lot of us live this way. We live where we feel bad if we aren't good enough. Right? I didn't do a good enough job in school. I didn't do a good enough job with my friends. I didn't make my parents happy. I didn't do a good enough job in sports or the music. I could always do what? Better. I could always do better. I could always do better. I can work harder and do better. That's where I think you're going to see it play out. Right? So I could always pray more. I could always think better thoughts. I could, if I, if someday, if I can just get it so every day and all day I'm doing the best and it's perfect. <sighs> See how people can live that way? Yeah. Like, up, oh, I screwed up today, but tomorrow I'm not going to mess up at all. I did it. Okay, so the next day, right? And they're living that lifestyle of always constantly trying to achieve perfection or pay for their mistakes. Is that helpful? Yeah. Got a thought. Yeah, here we go. I love that. Um, in the idealism, how would you lose your perfection? By doing what? Making a mistake or messing up. With grace, go back to the test. You get a 55 on the test. What do you have right now in the grade book? You got 100. So did you lose it? But what if you accept the 100 and then later on, well, you can't really do it with the test, but like accept grace from Jesus, then later on, no, do it right now. Do it with the 100. Let's say you hate my class. You don't like me. You don't like this test. What do you still have? What will take it out? See, will your actions, your attitude, your belief, maybe you're doubting that I really did it, any of that, will that change it? See what's going on? That's why I like the lesson. It's written in my grade book. What's going to take it out? Nothing. I mean, as weird as it sounds, Let's say you just don't show up for class for the rest of the semester. What's still in the grade book? Right? So I think that's actually a lesson on grace that some of us need to lean into further. Is can you lose it? No. Now, did I create a loophole if you read that thing I handed you? What was the loophole? I believe that you won't lose it, period. You're not going to. You're sealed for the day of redemption. And will God keep his promise to save you? And who's bigger, you or God? So who's going to win? Like, right? Like, so there's that. However, I also believe that God's not going to force you to go to heaven against your will. 
right? That's different than losing your salvation. It's you saying, no, no, don't take me there. I really don't want to get there. So my loophole was you have to have in writing with administration, your parents and me, and a public declaration that you don't want the hundred. <laughs> and then you didn't lose it. It's a legal document. And then I'll take it out. Maybe. <laughs> you know, you're like, right? Like, who really, but why would you want a zero? Does that make sense? Like, who would want a zero? That's a Hebrews passage. Once you've got your salvation, you're not going to lose it, right? Hebrews talks about that. It'd be like killing Christ all over again. Like, who's going to actually let go of grace once they know what it is? But he's not going to force you to go. Paradox. Is that helpful enough on that one? But I don't want you to walk around thinking, oh, I messed up and now God's going to kick me out. You know, like, you know, no. Or I don't like it anymore. I hate Mr. D. You can hate me all you want. You still got 100. <laughs> right? Right? Because it's not dependent on who? You. See what's going on? You have the righteousness of Christ given to you. So it's not you. It's not your attitude. It's not your theology. It's not your behavior. It's not your motivation. It's just you said what? I need help. Yes. Good. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. So if you do say, I don't want the hundred anymore, like go through administration and all that, like then it is kind of still dependent on you and like there's still flexibility and like I don't get the whole thing of like if you blaspheme against God then you won't go to heaven. It's like it's the parallel, you know? Yeah, and that's the paradox and that would be the parallel piece. I left that in there for the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. So what you're going to basically say to me and the administration of your parents is, I don't need the gift of the hundred from Mr. D. I can do it on my own. I'm able to achieve perfection on my own. And God, God will comply to that and not bring you in, but then like, he also won't let you go once you... Yeah, so that's the weird paradox. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm going to default on the fact that once you save it, your name is written in the Book of Life. What's going to erase it from the book of life? Do you have the strength and the power and the will to take it off? Well, if you blaspheme, then you do, right? I guess. And what's blaspheming? Then you don't want to get no, that's not blaspheming. Blaspheming is what? Saying that you believe that you are God. <laughs> it's not just saying you don't want it. It's like, I don't need it because I'm God. Okay. <laughs> well, at that point, you wouldn't ask for 100, would you? Because you don't think you need it at all. And by the way, how many students really believe they can get a perfect score on a test where they have to memorize the book of Acts? Well, there might be one or two who are like, yeah, i got to memorize. I'm like, okay, I guess you don't need it. You know what I mean? And that would be like God's, uh, you know, like, that's where I think there's that tiny, tiny little loophole with very, very few individuals. Fair enough? Yeah? I don't like the loophole because God's going to keep his promise, right? And I would say that anybody who's trying to take the 100 away is believing a lie. And we're saved from that. We're saved from ourselves and from the enemy. Fair enough? So I used to have it where nothing would take it off. But that, I don't think that actually matches with reality because God's nature is that he won't force you to go. Fair enough? I think it's worth discussion. I think it's a paradox because nothing will separate us from his love even you, you. However, <laughs> he won't force his love on you. Paradox, right?
By the way, do you want a hundred? Yeah. Do you believe I do that? Yeah. Okay, great. I'll put the right there. Go to it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Have you heard about it before? There you go. All right. You believe I'll give you a hundred on a test you haven't taken? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> good. I won't give it to you if you don't believe I do it. So I believe, there you go. Check. I'll do it right now. All right. Go team. Came at the right time. Really? Kind of cool. Other thoughts or questions here? We got a few more minutes. Yeah. Yeah, see, that, yeah, it's a glance, right? Remember, didn't we do it with this class? Like, snake on a pole, you look at it and you're what? You're saved, right? Like, this, you're saved from the poisonous snakes, like, right? See, so we'll think about this. With that pastor, did he have faith that he would be saved at one point? Potentially. Let's say he, that he did. Let's say that he did. And then he chucks all that and becomes an atheist and he hates God, right? At the end, ready? At the end, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. At the end, ready? Fire is going to burn off what? All the lies, all the hatred of God, all the atheism is all what? Wood, hay, and stubble. It's all what? That's all burned off. So what, in this guy's life, what's left? That faith. Cool. Yeah, Yeah, but even that, why would they choose not to? This is where I think that's where it's getting at. When you're at the end of the day, your choice not to love God is a sin, and that'll be burned off, okay, and it's covered. I would kind of say there's a loophole to the loophole on some level. I just don't know. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't. I'm really like, I don't know. Like, on that piece of theology, that's up to God. I will say this, though, and if people who really want to push into it, Two things. One, if the faith was real when they were three, <laughs> will they end up in heaven? Come on, will they? My three-year-old daughter, Olivia, says, I believe in Jesus as my Savior, and it was real. Will she end up in heaven? Let's say later, though, she becomes an atheist, and she's off the tracks, and I'm like, no. You know, Bible teacher's sad, right? And dad's sad. And she has this train wreck of a life. But at three, she asked Jesus to save her. Will she get in? Come on, faith like a child. Will she get in? You guys, seriously, I need a little more than one yes. Will she get in? What saves us? Faith. If my three-year-old has faith and Jesus says, be like the children, I think we're good, <laughs> right? So she's in. But how about this? When, when my son who's eight says he believes in Jesus and he has that, he says he believes and he lives a train wreck of a life and he's not in heaven when we get there later. Why? When he said he believed, it wasn't what? It wasn't real. But can I know that while I'm here? I can't know that. That's for God to decide. So I think if you want any type of clarity on the sheep and the goats, if someone says they believe but they don't end up in heaven later, the truth is they really didn't what? They really didn't believe, right? But if they say they believe and they end up in heaven after a train wreck of a life, it's because that faith saved them, which is awesome. 
right? We tracking? Yeah. Yes, totally. And that's an okay, I don't want to use the word fear, but Jesus talks about that, how the, you, the light in you is actually dark, right? The classic scenarios of Pharisees. The Pharisees say they believe in God. Now, they believe in the Father, kind of. But if they really knew the Father, when the Father, in the form of the Son, was standing in front of them, bless you, bless you, they would have believed in who? Jesus. Does that make sense? So they believed that they believed in God, but they really didn't know God. And so the dark, the light that they had was actually not even light. Yes? That's a little freaky. I think that's actually great to ponder. I'm like, ready? Don't let it take you to a place of fear. We don't want to do that. Right? Don't go to fear because the fear is not going to work for us. It's going to work against us here. What it does, though, is this, this is work out your faith with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation, right? If you're left with, I don't know if I really believe right now. You're like, oh, no, do I really believe? Well, ready? Do you believe that the dude who walked around on the planet 2,000 years ago and called himself Jesus and died for your sins saved you? Yes or no? Yes? Okay, you got it. Right? Like, we got it. Right? You can narrow it down to, do you believe in the real Jesus and that he saved you? Yes? Okay, good. <laughs> what will Satan want to do with more than that? Creep in and mess with it and add theology to it. It's a snake on a pole. Jesus says, you believe in me, you're going to be saved. It's just, if you're not sure if you're believing in the real Jesus, that's worth a half hour of your time. <laughs> you know, like, do you really believe in the real Jesus? Yes or no? Right? See, for the Pharisees, did they? Like, no, they did not believe in the dude who was in front of them, right? Many of us, by the gift of grace and the New Testament and the story, we can see the difference between the Pharisees and the woman at the well, you know? We can see that difference. And so, too much is given, much is expected. We have the story. We have it written down. We have the testimony. Fair enough? Yeah, So you're going to be held accountable to what you had available. And so if you're like, I don't know if I believe in the real Jesus. Well, wait a second. We can really, truly hone that in a little bit. The loving guy who died on a cross for your sins. How are we doing? We good? Okay, good. Chill. <laughs> Relax. Is that helpful? He's going to, that's why I'm saying the fear is not going to be your friend there. Because if you're trusting in that and that's all we've got right now. I, I haven't seen him in front of me. I don't have all I've got is that that I'm going to go with it. Right. And then we're covered by what? Grace. See, do you have to have it all figured out? No. But if you're going to say that Jesus wasn't God, then you got to find something else to believe in. Right. And there's a difference. Is that helpful? So like my three-year-old, when I'm showing her little pictures in the little picture Jesus Bible and telling her this story, she says, I believe in that Jesus. Well, is it the Jesus? Yeah, now is it a picture of, it's a, this is not a pipe, right? Those are stories about Jesus, but she's trusting those stories about the real Jesus. And I'm trying to help her get in connection with 
the real Jesus, like the Holy Spirit and Father and Jesus, the Trinity, right? We got to get beyond the stories into the real deal. But right now, trusting in those stories, it's all we got on some level until we build that relational connection with him. I actually think kids get the relationship connection better than adults do sometimes, from my experience. Because they're just like, oh, Jesus is real, I can talk to him. They're like, yeah, okay, they just do. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> right? Versus us, like, I don't know, what do I have to say to him? You know, just talk to him. We good? Go team? That's actually part of the great divorce at the end is C.S. Lewis is the narrator. He's the narrator, and he's this character going through. And watch what Lewis does. He watches all the other ghosts make their choices, but he never does what? Makes his own choice, right? He's like, ah, wait, I never, I never made my own choice. I just watched everybody else's choice. You know, choose this day whom you will serve. Great questions. Anyone, any other ones? Okay, like I said yesterday, for many of you, this lesson is just starting. Let's get to the why, at least for a few minutes. Why does God choose to hand out hundreds? Why does God put himself up on a cross and say, trust in me with a glance and you're in? Why would he save us by grace and not works? Works are required but not for salvation. Everybody got that? Why, 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 why? He could have saved us another way. There's lots of other religions out there that don't use grace for salvation. Why Yahweh with grace? Well, let's look at this real quick. What's left for you with the Book of Acts test? By the way, it's not going to be on Grandparents' Day, right? I think I said that. It's going to be on Friday next week. I moved it. But why study for it now when you've got, I mean, trying to get a better grade, is that going to be good motivation? You've already got what? You've already got the hundred. Trying to do it so that you please me? I love you guys. You don't need to like read the book of Acts to make me happy. <laughs> right? Got it? Don't do it for that. You're already, I already love my students. You guys are great. So what's left? I think we talked about it yesterday. What's left? Why read? Because you what? Should's okay, but do you like should? Sure. Should have worked. What was it? Because you want to. Right? If you don't want to read the book of Acts, ready? Literally, do you have to? No. <laughs> there's no condemnation. There's no punishment. There's no nothing. Right? You have my grade. You're good. But look what happened here. By using grace in an educational environment, what's left for you on your motivation for reading this? The only reason why you would do it is because you want to learn. <laughs> Isn't it nice to like get education down there finally? <laughs> Different, isn't it? It should. Some of you will now read it because you want to. Now, by the way, this works better than the Lord of the Rings for this moment in the lesson. I like Lord of the Rings because it's massive and it's 400 pages and it's fantasy. Like, who's going to really memorize that? You know, it's just it's too big, right? So Book of Acts, some of us might think we could actually memorize it. Maybe if you've got a photographic memory, you could, right? So there you go. But what I like about this one, is it worthwhile to read the Book of Acts? Yeah, I mean, you're at a Christian school. Many of you claim to be Christians. Is it worth reading the Book of Acts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's our identity as the body of Christ. It's the start of it all for us especially. So is it worth reading? Yeah, it's 28 chapters. Can you read it? Yeah, and is it interesting? 
Oh my gosh, if you've never read it, it's crazy. All the craziness in that, you gotta read it, right? And so, if you don't read it, can we genuinely say you're missing out? Yeah, you're kind of missing out, right? And you don't have to. If you do read it, will it be worthwhile? Totally, and will you do better on the test? Actually, huh? no, you can't do better on the test. You'll just what? Learn more. And we're gonna spend the month of May talking about Book of Acts and Lord of the Rings. So it'll enhance your learning in class. It'll make class better. Fair enough? Let's take a minute or two on this one. And again, I did it yesterday. I'm being doubly redundant because this is the why. Right, I think it was your class where I just went on a nice big laundry list, right? Do you have to read the Bible? Did I do this with you guys? No, no I didn't. Oh, okay. In order to go to heaven, do you have to like do your devos and read the Bible? Come on. I got like three people saying no. Do you have to? No. No, what's left? If you're going to read the Bible, why would you do it? Because you want to, right? Do you have to go to church? Nope. If your name's in the book of life and you don't go to church, you're still going to go to heaven. Like, so what's left on why you would go to church at all? Because you want to. Like, part of it's like, if you're not going because you want to, why? What's your motivation? What are you doing? <laughs> Making your parents happy or trying to avoid getting punished or trying to please God? He already loves you. He's already saved you. Why go? Hopefully you're going because you want to worship God and learn about him. Yeah. Um, also, in heaven, you think there will be ranking systems? Like, maybe not ranking, but because you know, we talked about some people will be given, like, crowns and others. Yeah. So, like, stuff, if you don't do that, do you think you won't maybe have as much in heaven? I think what you'll do is you'll realize you've missed out on bringing heaven in here now, and you'll miss out on that relational connection. If you connect with Christ, is there going to be reward in that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think we can come up with crowns and like gold and jewelry to make any sense out of that. Mm -hmm. But that relational connection is going to be the best stuff. If you don't choose to have that, it doesn't mean you won't be saved. It's just you're missing out on what? Intimacy with God. <laughs> Sucks for you, you know. Right, so in heaven there is that. And all the crowns we throw at his feet anyways because they really came from who? Yeah, but that would be cool to be able to like, give it back. You know, It's all that relational stuff. I just don't want to miss out on that, right? Do you, do you have to serve the poor? No. Actually, I've had conversations with lots of people who are poor. They don't really appreciate it when Christians do it because they think they have to. Right? I mean, I can keep listing all this religious stuff. And here's this Bible teacher who's actually literally telling you, don't. Like, don't do it if you think you have to or if that's your motivation. I'm giving you permission to just stop doing it. And if you think, oh, no, but I, I won't go to heaven. I'll lose my salvation. That's the lesson. No, you won't. Right? Now, Am I saying go out there and sin? Am I doing that? No. You can, and you'll still end up in heaven. When you sin, you choose death. You choose destruction. You're choosing to ruin your life, and there's negative consequences for that. right? And if you don't read the Bible ever, could there be some bummer of a consequences for you? Yeah, like, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying you don't have to. You've been set free from all of that obligation. So ready? In that context... Why would God choose to save us by grace? What does it do? It literally frees up your motivation. 
You don't have to do anything out of fear. You don't have to do it out of obligation. You don't have to let any human manipulate you or coerce you into going. You're free to walk with Christ to whatever capacity you want to. Right? Like, I love that. Like, part of me is like, even if Christianity is not true, I still want to believe that. Because <laughs> that's just so cool. It's so cool that a God would do that. So it frees up our motivation. There's no more fear. There's no more manipulation. There's no coercion. I'm left to f- truly do what I want to do in regards to connecting with God. That's cool. Yay for grace, right? Cheers. All right. We've got 10 minutes left. Other thoughts or questions on this concept? All right. I'll, I'll do one last thought then. This came up fourth period, and we may have already hit it here. But what about the reality that some of you will study, some of you will read it, and some of you will get 98s and 96s, and you'll do really well on this Book of Acts quiz, twa- testing, twist, quiz, quest. Some of you will do jack squat, nothing for it, and you, you might be literally sitting right next to each other. What do we do with that? And you're both going to get hundreds. Everybody in this class now has a hundred. What do we do? What can you do about well, what would be a shadowy, think big ghost. What's the shadowy way to approach the fact that you worked hard and you got 100? And they didn't work hard and they got 100. <laughs> Why are we shutting this in the middle of the great divorce? What's the big ghost say? I want my rights. I want what I deserve. And that's not fair. And I don't want to be a part of that. And I'm going to judge you. And why didn't you read it? And you had all this time. And Mr. D said to do it. And, da, 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 and you're doing what with that person? Uh, probably not out loud. Probably where? In your own heart. What can you do towards this person? Hmm? Love them. What's left to do? You didn't read it? Okay. If you read it out of obligation, no wonder you're frustrated. If you read it because you wanted to and you're reaping the positive benefit rewards of reading the book of Acts and they didn't, do you have any, do you have to have any enmity toward them at all? Like, oh, you didn't read it. You missed, you missed out. I read it. I'm glad I did. We're fine. Maybe you'll come to find out that their life is a train wreck right now and things are really hard at home and they're overwhelmed with school and they used the grace to be able to focus on other things. Cool. Can I be happy for them? <laughs> and they didn't have them crazy tests they had to study for in Bible class right now. Isn't that nice how grace frees us up to make our own choices with how we spend our time and our resources and our energy? The problem is, is we often do what with the people around us? We judge or condemn or critique versus letting them be what? Be free. Right? I think for some of us, the lesson's just starting because some of you have to literally sit here and decide... Am I going to read it or not? Right? And by the fact that you have 100, it's all about your motivation. And by the way, don't do it to, like, make me happy. <laughs> that would defeat the purpose. And I'm already happy with you. Like, I love you. If you want to read it over the summer, read it over the summer. You know, like, I'm fine. If you never want to read it, you never want to read it, you know. No big deal. It's a cool book. Bless you. Are we catching that? Is that this culture of grace? <clears throat> Do we walk around Wheaton Academy all day long? She was talking about the breastplate of righteousness today. 
do we walk around and saying, oh, look, righteous, and he's righteous. Oh, and I know what you did this weekend, but you're righteous. And you're righteous too. And I see Christ in you. And I see Christ in you. And I see Christ in you. With all the people who have accepted Christ's righteousness, are we able to walk around and see each other like that? Because when I look at my grade book, what do I see in the room? Everybody has a what? Everybody's got 100. So how should I look at you? <laughs> Whew. Yeah? All right. Other thoughts? Yeah? That's why we're here. I mean, the fourth period we took the whole time. I mean, two days on grace in a Bible class is, it's okay. We're good. Yes. About, remember, every metaphor falls apart. There's a, there's a couple places where this drops. So. Yes. Yes. I think, an accurate I think an accurate metaphor for that would be for those in the room who really genuinely were going to bomb this test, <laughs> right? And they were going to really try to work hard at it and know that they were going to struggle and potentially fail. And I just did what with them? Got 100. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Some of you have never had a hundred on a test your entire educational career. What do you have on a test right now? Sweet, right? I think for the guy with the lizard is like, I am empowered and made new. To, I'm freed up to now go study and learn and grow without any of that pressure, without any of those lies. Yeah, that's a little bit there. This, this falls apart on some of the weight of it. I think the real weight of it is Jesus died on a cross to make you guys free. And I took a test. <laughs> uh, is there any comparison at all there? Like hardly at all, right? I think that's one where it falls apart. I think the other one where it falls apart is reading the book of Acts is okay. It's, it's decent. It's cool. The reading of the book of Acts, though, in here, that's what I'm asking you to do. What does God ask you to do? Live the kingdom of God out and love people? Is there any real comparison there either? No, that's way better than reading the book of Acts. It's actually what the book of Acts is about. Right? So that's the irony of it. Yeah. So the metaphor falls apart on some of those levels. Did anybody figure out why we're not at 99.9% um, success rate on evangelism? When that's my success rate for evangelism in class, let's say there's 2,000 students who have taken this, 1,999 took the grace. How come that's not happening when we go out and evangelize? Shouldn't it be? Yeah, that, that, could, that could poison the waters, couldn't it? Makes it a little, little messy, doesn't it? So I think there's something going on there. Yeah? Well, I think the argument is like if someone does choose to accept like, the 100 or grace or God, like in here it's just yeah. like a test, but <coughs> they would have to admit to being wrong their whole lives. Yeah. They have to like, change their whole life. Yeah. So it's like a failure to do that. 
That is, it's a much bigger difference where here you admitted you needed help on a grade for a test. There it's your life. That's a big deal, it's a big difference. I think that's a translation piece, but it's also, hopefully, what we're offering is more important than 100. We're offering fullness of life, so it should balance itself out, but it doesn't always, yeah. Yeah, here, you guys could do what? We can see it. And do you trust me that I'm not joking? And I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna take it away. So you guys trust me and you can see it, right? I think that's one massive advantage that the early disciples had. They saw him die and they're like, what? <laughs> what? They can see him. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, I'm not jealous, right? I'm not jealous. <laughs> but like Thomas is like, what the, what, 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 what? You know, like that'd be awesome to see it. And here you get to see the grade. Actually, it was fun. When I first was doing this, I had my little grade book, and I wrote it all out. There was none of the computer stuff. So they had to trust that it was in there um, until, the, until they saw it later, right, when I would tell them. Um, so they couldn't necessarily, but they still, it was all right there. This is different. When we say the book of life, do we get to peek into God's grade book up there? No, it's all based off of trust and faith, which is why trustless and faith island, right? I think there's some of that. I also think, though, what about the fact that some of us just don't do a good job telling the truth about this? We make salvation way harder than it is, right? Like, believe in Jesus and you're what? Saved. Not believe in Jesus and do all these things and you're saved, right? Believe in Jesus and you're saved. So, you guys are awesome. Take care. Nice job. We'll see you Thursday. All right, expect a survey.